This is the Personal Profitability Podcast with Eric Rosenberg. There, profiteers, welcome back for episode number 120 of the Personal Profitability Podcast. As always, I am your host, Eric Rosenberg, and today I am actually in Orlando, Florida, as you're listening to this. I'm down at FinCon, my biggest conference of the year. If you're a longtime listener, you've probably heard me talk about it at least a hundred times before. So, needless to say, this is a really big week for me. So, I decided to take a look back at something. Thing that I actually give FinCon a lot of credit for, and that was my ability to leave my full-time day job to work for myself online as a freelance writer. So we're going to dive back to an episode from The Vaults, kind of like what we did last week. It'll be digitally remastered by Jennifer, the awesome podcast editor, and I hope you enjoy it because it's one of the most inspirational moments, one of the scariest moments, and one of the most excited moments in my life all in one, and I wouldn't be here without it. Uh, coming up very soon. I've had some promises of future guests I've mentioned in the past. I'm going to pin them down at FinCon and record with them in person. I just got two new microphones to plug into my digital recorder, and I have Sandy Smith committed to sit down with me to record four new episodes for you. So stay tuned for those coming up soon. But right now we're going to jump back to that time I was able to quit my job right now on the Personal Profitability Podcast. Today, I am. Uh, I want to tell you a story. It's something a little different than I normally do. In this story is a really, really big announcement. Probably the biggest announcement I've ever had to make to uh, to readers of this site. So, and listeners, sorry, uh, people who don't read. I, w- I want to include everybody. I want to start at the beginning of this story. Go way, way back in time. I started my blog for the first time. Th- the first time I ever started a blog was. Around 2007 that summer, no, 2006, sorry, 2006 that summer. I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm just kind of winging this one because I just want it to be a conversation with you guys. So I started in 2006 that summer. I uh, was working at a Boy Scout camp for my seventh summer. And that summer, my job shifted a little bit. I was the assistant business manager, which meant that I was the guy who sat in the office and ran the office for the, for the entire property. We had four camps on the property and I was kind of the, the main administrative guy, uh, making sure that all the different troops paid their bills, making sure everything kind of worked the way it was supposed to. I was in there a lot of the summer, you know, people would come in and out and I'd help them, but I also have some downtime while people were out, you know, scouts doing classes, adults doing whatever adults do at Boy Scout camp, <laughs> you know, going around and checking on their scouts and things. And in those downtimes, I had a laptop. I actually had my own laptop with me. And the building had internet, and we were very high-tech for 2006, having internet at a uh, summer camp. But we had high-speed internet, and in all that downtime, I thought, oh, I should do something with my time. So I went to this new thing called Blogger. It wasn't even owned by Google yet. It was just called Blogger. And I started a blog. It was called eric1985.blogspot.com. It doesn't exist anymore, so you don't have to worry about going to check on it. But that was kind of a personal blog, and I I wrote my first blog post that summer in in 2006. And about halfway through the summer, maybe a little farther, I realized, you know, there's a lot of great political commentary and things like that out there on these these new blogs, and I want to get in on that. So I started a blog at the time I called, um, because I knew nothing about online marketing, 
Um, I don't think many people knew much about online marketing at that point. I, I called it Eric's Political and Economic Insights dot blogspot dot com. Again, that one's no longer there. And that blog actually, um, I just shut down fully last year. It went through quite a metamorphosis and eventually became something called the Israel situation. And I, I shut that down because I wanted to focus on more profitable endeavors. But that was really the first time I started a blog with the idea of trying to get out there and reach people and, and do something and maybe make a difference. You know, people saw and I, I was writing primarily about Middle East politics and things. And there's a lot of misinformation, a lot of really incorrect stuff going on out there and misrepresentations. I'd spent a lot of time in Israel and I wanted to make sure that there was at least one more site telling the truth rather than a bunch of lies about about the situation. That's hence the name, the Israel situation. So you know, I was doing that. I, I plugged along for, for a little while. And then in October of, I think it was seven or eight years ago now, we could go back and, and look on uh, on the personal profitability blog. But that was when I founded, uh, you know, still on Blogger, although I think it was owned by Google at this point, what was called Narrow Bridge Adventures. And the idea was, there, there's this song, it's actually a Jewish song, it's in Hebrew, it goes, Kol Ha'olam Kulo, Gesher Tsar Me'od, that's the first line. And it means the whole world is a very narrow bridge. And the second line goes on to translate to, and the most important thing is not to be afraid at all. So I'm going to go through it one more time. It's, my, it's probably my favorite Jewish song. The whole world is a very narrow bridge. And the most important thing is to not be afraid at all. And that was written by a very famous rabbi, the Breslover Rebbe, who's actually a, um, a relative of mine very distantly. His grandfather... And my great, 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 great grandfather, the same person, a famous rabbi named Baal Shem Tov. So um, this song, it's always resonated with me even before I knew I, I was related to the guy. And um, it's my favorite one to sing at a, on a Friday night if I'm at a rabbi's house or anywhere else. And I thought, you know, a lot of people might look at money as as their narrow bridge, something that they're afraid of, something that's a crux in their life, something that holds them back from doing what they want and following their dreams and living their dreams. So I started a blog. I was, um, it was actually around a time I was working. I had just finished working in a bank. So now I'm doing the math in my head. It was, uh, towards the end of 2007. I, I think it was October, 2007 was, was the month I, um, started my site, narrowbridgeadventures.blogspot.com and no longer there. Though I think that one might forward to personal profitability if it still does. So yeah, so I started this site about money and personal finance to help people. And eventually I realized Narrow Bridge Adventures was a terrible name for anything. Um, so I changed it to Narrow Bridge just to make it a little shorter. Got my own domain. It was at narrowbridge.net for years and years and years. And about a year ago, I changed that name to Personal Profitability to really you know, re-energize the brand and, and tell people what it's about. Because while uh, well, means a lot to me, it does not mean a lot to most people out there. And along the years, you know, my, my blog traffic started to grow a little bit. I started to get some more followers. And I joined this group called the Yakezi. That group led by a guy named Sam at Financial Samurai, great website, highly recommend it. It was really a game changer for me because it took me from a point where I realized, you know, I can make, you know, $10 every once in a while doing a sponsored post on my site to, well, I can maybe make, you know, $300, $400, $500 a month or more. And that was really transformative for my view of how my sites could work. And being a part of such a great community, 
all of our sites started to really grow. We all sent each other traffic and linked to each other in a, in a time that Google was okay with. Uh, I mean, it wasn't really a link network, but we were a network that was linking to each other. I'll, I'll get some more on that later. But we really helped each other grow. And being a part of that community helped my site grow from you know, 1,000 visits a month to 2,000 to 3,000 to 5,000. And it got up over 10,000 views a month for, for a little while. Before there was a big smackdown by Google called Panda and Penguin. And those um, really took ultimately probably about two-thirds of my traffic that I was getting went away. But I never was discouraged. I mean, I was a little discouraged, but I just kept going through it. And partially because of my connections through all these people I knew at the Akazi, when the first financial blogger conference came around, it wasn't called FinCon yet. This guy named PT, his site is PT Money, a very good friend. I highly recommend his site as well. He decided, I'm going to put together a financial blogger conference. There was all these big blogger conferences, but wasn't one specific for the finance community. And PT decided, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it in Chicago. And whoever wants to come will come. And a whole bunch of people from that Yakezi network were going. And I didn't, I'd never met anyone in person from the online communities, but I felt like I was getting to be friends with some people. You know, we, we interacted a lot. We emailed a lot. We read each other's posts. You get to know each other. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go. I'm going to just go out on a whim and take a trip to Chicago. And I shared a room with a guy named Shane. His website is Beating Broke. He became a very good friend, still a good friend. Again, highly recommend his site, though it's a little less active than it was back then. And uh, we shared a room and cut my expenses down a little bit. I didn't know what travel hacking was yet, so I actually paid for my plane ticket to Chicago and and split the hotel room 50-50. And I met all these people. And there were all these, you know, huge people there from the finance blogging community. Like I remember seeing this guy there who I recognized named JD Roth. His site is called Get Rich, it was called Get Rich Lily. Now he has a new site called Money Boss. I was like really intimidated seeing JD. I'm like, oh man, this guy's making like probably at least a million dollars a year on his blog. That's huge. And little did I know he was making quite a bit more than that, I believe. You know, he's he's never publicly shared all those numbers. But also little did I know that a few years later he would be a guy who lived uh, less than a mile from me and would become another one of my good friends on the online community. I could just go on and tell you stories of people like this again and again. I met this guy named Pat Flynn, who had this site and everyone was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of you, Pat Flynn. You're doing some cool stuff over at Smart Passive Income. That's his site. His site has just exploded from there. He's become one of the biggest names in, uh, in not just personal finance and entrepreneurship and in online marketing education. He's He's maybe the top. He's probably my blogging hero. And he was in an episode um, just last year that I recorded at the most recent FinCon. Again, just stories and stories, all these people I got to meet and got to know. But it was a lot more than just building community. At the same time, I was learning how to turn what was something paying for my beer money into something that paid for my mortgage and my rent. And I was just, I was blown away. I was like, how can I do this? You know, I'm working a full-time job, sometimes, you know, 50, even 60 hours a week, not often 60, but, uh, you know, I was over 40 and maybe 45 for sure. So I was working really hard, but still on the side evenings, weekends, and uh, maybe even on a lunch break, I was able to hammer out a blog post or two and, you know, blog posts. Back then I wrote a lot shorter and more often now I'm writing a lot bigger, beefier blog posts less often because I think they're more useful and valuable. But, you know, back then I can hammer out a blog post in a half hour or so and uh, and post it. If you go way back into the archives, you'll find lots of crappy blog posts. Um, I've deleted hundreds of them, but there's still a lot of bad ones out there. And my income kept building steadily. 
And I really started keeping track. If you go, you're going to hear some clicks as I'm, I'm actually pulling this page up. If you go to personalprofitability.com slash online dash income dash tracker, I should probably make that an easier link, but it'll be in the show notes for this episode. So I, I have this online income tracker and I started really keeping track of my online income in February 2012 when I brought in $739 in revenue. And in the years since, you know, I, that year, uh, January is not included because I wasn't tracking it yet, but I brought in uh, $9,287 in revenue. And then the next year in 2013, I brought in $13,834 in revenue. And then in 2014, I brought in $22,839 in revenue. And 2015, I haven't updated the page yet, but I can tell you that I had brought in just about $40,000. That was a, a huge milestone in my head. I thought, wow, $40,000. That's what you know a lot of families live on every year. That's, that's a serious amount of money. But all the while, I'd always tried to avoid doing anything that might you know blend my blogging with my day jobs. Um, the one time that I did that, you know, I told people what I was doing. I didn't ever really hide it. But the one place that I was that I really did tell a lot of people about it. It was uh, probably one of the shortest places I worked. I think that is a coincidence. I don't think it was related. But uh, when I got my latest job, I thought, you know, I'm just going to keep my blogging on the down low, not really tell anybody about it at work. I kind of mentioned it to a couple people over the the year and a half since I'd been there. And I just, you know, kept on trucking and, and that income grew. Yeah, $40,000. Like, wow, you know, I have a finance degree. I have an MBA. I've been on my career path for uh, rounding up a little bit about 10 years since I graduated from college and um, have been working in ultimately corporate finance after a short stint in banking. And I've been very successful. I've done well. I've gotten raises and promotions. My salary is um, just about exactly double what it was 10 years ago when I got my my first job at a big phone company in Denver. And you know, that's, that's a lot of money when your salary doubles from what was then a livable wage to now what puts me in, uh, including my online income. A, uh, I was looking just one time, I was curious at what constitutes middle class and upper class. And it puts me right on the edge of not being middle class anymore because I was making so much between my day job and my online job, which really did become a job. But then I started thinking, you know, all along, there was this little, this little thing on the back of my head, like, I wonder if I if I left that full-time job and I really put a full-time effort into this online thing, how much money could I make? What could I do? What, you know, the sky's the limit, right? When I was working at a, a big internet company in Denver, I, you know, I've always had this feeling like I, I needed to change something and do something different. And when I, when I was back then, it was you know, about two years ago, I decided, you know, this is the time I need to leave Denver. I've been in Denver for about 25 years. It's a big part of my identity. At the time, my Twitter name was Denver Eric. It was, uh, that's who I was at FinCon. I was Denver Eric. I wasn't just Eric. And that was such a part of me. And I realized, you know, I've, I've grown so much in Colorado and living there. But if I really want to figure out more of who I am and, and what I'm going to do in the world, I need to spread my wings and, and get out of the nest a little bit. I'd never other than a semester abroad, lived more than about an hour away from home. I went to college in Boulder, you know, about an hour from, from where my parents live in Denver. And I decided, you know, I'm, I'm just going for it. And unfortunately, I was dating a, a wonderful woman who is now my wife, who was on board with me. And we packed up home and, and set up camp in Portland, Oregon. And we've been here about two years. And it's been you know, an amazing adventure. And, and I've loved nearly every minute of it. 
And you know, I started that one job here. I told you that uh, I, I was let go from that. You can find that story back in the blog. I'll um, try to find that and put a link in the show notes, the story about how I both moved to Oregon and how I lost my job. And um, I had a month off. It was a, about a year and a half ago in between jobs that I really just focused on my online income. I had a what I called a Pat Flynn moment because he was uh, laid off from his job. And that's how he started his online business. I thought, maybe this is my Pat Flynn moment. Maybe it's my time to go big or go home, as they say. And I'm going to really focus on this online income. And in that month off, I doubled my online income, but it never went back down even when I got the new job. When I got the new job, it was actually felt like it was kind of a sign I was supposed to take it because it was just about two hours after I got let go from my last job. I got home and got an email on LinkedIn from a recruiter telling me about this new opportunity. And it turned out that that job paid more, had better hours, and was going to be closer to home. So I was like, well, you can't really beat that, right? So I um, thought this this is the job. I'm, I'm going to take it. It's, uh, it actually reminds me of another it's a religious story. Uh, there's a story about this guy who was uh, lived in an area and there was going to be a big flood come, like biblical kind of flood. And it was all over the news. And they said, you know, everyone evacuate. And he said, no, 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 God will save me. I'll just wait it out. And the water started to rise and it got to be ankle deep and a bus came by and they said, everyone's got to go. The whole place is going to flood and you're going to die if you stay. He said, no, no, God will save me. And the bus left. And the water kept going up and up and it got up to waist tight and a rowboat came by. Like, this is probably the last person who's going to be able to come save you. Will you hop in this boat? We'll get out of here and save you. And he said, no, 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 God will save me. And the water kept rising and rising. It was up to his neck and a helicopter came over and said, you know, we'll lower you a rope. Come up with us. And he said, no, 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 God will save me. And then he drowned after that. And he got up to the pearly white gates and God said to him, well, how did you die? How did you get here? And I said, well, I, I don't know how I got here. I was praying the whole time that you would save me. I thought that's what you would do. And God said, what? Well, I sent you a, a news report. I sent you a bus. I sent you a boat. I even sent you a helicopter. You couldn't take a hint. That, that was kind of how I took that LinkedIn message. You know, I was let go from a job two hours later. I get a job offer that's closer to home, better salary and better hours. I, I should probably take it, right? So I did. And that was almost exactly a year and a half ago to a couple weeks ago. And a couple weeks ago, actually over the last few months, it's been eating away at me more and more. You know, I, I'd made $40,000 online last year. One time in one month, I was able to double that. I really wonder when I should just go for it and go online full time. And when I look at my you know, revenue from last year, it's very lumpy. There was one month that I made less than $1,000. But then there were months that I made you know, $5,000, which still would... um put me below what I make from my full-time day job of $5,000 a month. I do very well there, as I've mentioned before. Not quite six figures, but a very good salary. And it's just been bothering me. I think, what what if, what if, what if? I always thought back to that one month. What if I hadn't taken that job and I had just gone for it and just said, this is it, I'm going full-time online. But I didn't because it's a really scary decision. One of the scariest things you could possibly do in your life is walk away from a security blanket. You know, I have a job where people like me, where I'm paid well, I have health insurance that, you know, even if I didn't make a cent online, it would, you know, cover the mortgage of our house and everything we need. And then some, plus lots of savings. I think we saved about $25,000 last year across our different retirement and savings accounts. 
But you know, it still just ate away at me and ate away at me. And over the last few months, things had gotten more stressful and more stressful and worse and worse. And uh, the hours had gotten harder. And I was having a hard time struggling dealing with the stress. I started to have some health issues related to stress. And I thought, you know, I'm working so hard at work. And then I come home and I work hard all weekend and at night. And I have a new baby from that uh, joined us three months ago. And I want to be a good husband. And I want to be there for, you know, for my family. And I want to be able to travel. And it felt like something had to give. And a decision had to be made about what was going to give. What was I going to change? And that is where I'm at about a week ago. And we're like, something's got to change. And what is that thing that's got to change? And I sat down with my wife and I talked to my parents and made a really, really big decision. And you guys are about to hear this big news before even probably some of my friends are hearing it. Are you ready? Brace yourself. We decided rather than you know do a couple little changes, we're tearing off the whole Band-Aid at once. I gave notice that I am leaving my full-time job. My last day, this, this episode is going live on a Thursday. If you're listening to it the day it goes live, tomorrow is my last day in the office. I offered to have a wind down period. So I'll spend one more month working remote and then come for that last week again in the office the first week in April. And then I'm done. And then my entire livelihood for myself and my family is coming from this website and my freelance work online. And that is my business. That is my big announcement. But we're, we're not stopping there because obviously just changing your career at once isn't enough. We're also, uh, we decided that, well, Portland has been wonderful and we've loved all of the time here and all of the bike rides and the beer and, and our daughter was born here and all the friends we've made here. We've decided we're going to pack up shop and move south, not just for the winter, but permanently. We're going to move down to California. We're going to be closer to my wife's family, which we're both really excited about. You know, a lot of people have have really bad relationships with their in-laws, which, you know, is a total bummer. But I'm in a lucky place where I really love my in-laws. I have a you know, great mother-in-law and father-in-law and sister-in-law and brother-in-law and little nephew, and they live in Southern California. So we are going to pack up and move down to be closer to them. We're going to be somewhere in between the Santa Barbara and Los Angeles area. So if you're a, uh, live down there, I'll probably have some, some finance meetups. Maybe we'll, we'll get together sometime, but that's the story. That's the news. What have I been doing? How have I been preparing? So, you know, the moment that I decided with my wife, it was really the two of us who sat down and made this decision together. It was one of the scariest decisions I've ever made in my life. When I called my boss, my boss is in an office on the East Coast to give him the big news. It was I mean, definitely in the top five scariest moments in my life. And that's coming from someone who was a rock climbing instructor. You know, I've jumped off 80 foot cliffs. I mean, not without a rope, but I have jumped off 80 foot cliffs. I have, you know, flown a plane by myself. I have snorkeled. I have, I've been in deep water. I've been out all over the world and, um, I've even, I've been to dangerous places. I've been to a country where, you know, people weren't so, so friendly to Americans or Jewish people, um, where Israel wasn't on a map while I was, you know, holding a passport that had a bunch of Israeli stamps on it. So I've done you know, a lot of things people might consider scary, and this was definitely the scariest thing I've ever done. I said, "This is it. I'm I'm going for it." And you know, worst case, I realized it doesn't have to be that scary. I can always go get another job if it doesn't work out. But what's scarier than walking away from my job was the thought that I could spend the next fifty years ish 
40 years, 30 years going to some job in an office and sitting in a cubicle or, you know, hopefully I'd get promoted and have an office, but, you know, going in to work for someone else for eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week for most of the rest of my life, that was scarier. I realized, you know, I'm, I'm not built for that. And it's a great path for a lot of people. I'm not trying to be down on it. And the last 10 years have been great. You know, I've, I've made a lot of money. I've saved a ton for retirement. It's allowed me to get to a point where I live in a beautiful house with a beautiful family and been traveling the world. But it's time to take that leap and take that next step for me. And um, personal profitability community, I, I'm bringing you along with me to, to see how it goes. I'm going to be very transparent and open about everything I'm doing. Just kind of kind of wanting to share with you and bring you into a the biggest decision I might have made in my life besides, you know, getting married and having a kid. So that's that's the story. We're doing it. Uh, I'd love to tell you what's going to happen next, but I haven't been there yet. So I don't know what's going to happen next. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, since I did give the big news to my boss, I have picked up a couple of new freelance clients. That was the first thing I did is I you know, put my name out there. I let people know I'm going full time in the uh, FinCon community. I let people know I actually haven't even written this yet on my personal Facebook page yet. So thousand or so friends out there, um, they might hear it first on the podcast rather than my Facebook. Because you know, we, we want to tell people you know more personally, especially our close friends. So we we haven't put it out there on on Facebook yet, but I have been. I'm telling you guys because you have been my biggest supporters. I would not be here in this position without the personal profitability blog and community and the FinCon community that I've connected to since then. I'm actually going to a new conference for the first time this year. I'm going to be at Podcast Movement in Chicago the week after July 4th. So if you're going to be at FinCon or Podcast Movement, definitely find me there. I'll be there. And otherwise, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to having the freedom to travel the world. I was talking with my wife saying, hey, maybe we should go to Thailand for a month or London for a month because vacation days won't matter anymore. I have my laptop. It's sitting right here about a foot to my left. The microphone's plugged into. Anywhere that laptop is, I can be. I can do my job. I can work. We're you know, looking at going to Aspen for a week with family. We're taking a couple week trips with my family to uh, Tampa and to Little Rock. And I don't have to worry about vacation days now. I just have to worry about getting the time into work and uh, and building out that income and building that business. And as I do that, I'm going to work on other scalable income as well because as you know, uh, freelancing is more of a time for money trade or a service for money trade. And with more scalable things like writing books and, you know, building like podcast advertising, I've never had an ad on the podcast yet. That's something I'm looking into figuring out how to do is monetize this podcast is it it is not free to produce. It's actually the most expensive thing I produce as a brand. So I want to monetize that I want to build up my email list, build more products, things that might really help you and improve your life and let you, you know, follow in the same path that I've taken if you choose, if that sounds good for you. But really, my my number one focus and goal for everybody in the personal profitability community is first make that first dollar on the side and then grow it because you never know what'll happen from there. And the hardest part was really making that first dollar. And if I had never made that first dollar, then I wouldn't be where I am today. That's really all I had to share for you. It's been about a half hour. So I'm going to say thank you everyone so much for listening and being a big part of this journey with me. Well, that was quite a pivotal moment for me, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for going back and revisiting that huge point in my life when I was able to quit my old day job and go full time in my new career. 
Now, there were a few things I didn't know were going to happen when I recorded this that I hoped would happen, and I'm really fortunate that I've been able to reach my great goals. You know, do not quit your job unless you have a plan. I had a serious plan. I had savings. I had a lot lined up to make this work. But if you work hard and put your mind to something, you can do it too. This was not something that I did that makes me special compared to other people. I just happen to know more about personal finance and some other topics. But there's things that you know more about than anyone else. So get to work and you can quit your job too someday if that's something that you want to do. But either way, I really appreciate you hanging out with me here every week on the Personal Profitability Podcast. Thanks for bearing with me these last couple of weeks as I was dealing with the Jewish high holidays and now my big trip to Orlando for FinCon as we didn't have quite as much new stuff for you to listen to but we will very soon and I appreciate you spending your time here with me. So we'll talk to you next time. Until then, stay profitable.